0: Thank you for joining us for episode three of AM Chamber Chats, a production of the Helena Area Chamber of Commerce. And we would like to also thank Ryan Stavness from Exit Realty Helena for sponsoring our podcast. For access to these mobile business card texts, exit with Ryan to 85377. So today's guest um, is here to talk about our leadership series. Our guest today is Jill Steely. Currently, she's the Director of Network Management at Blue Cross Blue Shield, Montana, and she was previously the CEO of eight years at Pyramine Health Center. She is also the owner of her own company for executive leadership coaches, so I want to welcome Chip Steely. Thank you, Amanda. It's nice to be here. Thanks. I mean, you have all this experience, obviously, especially in these corporate companies, so if you can let our listeners know kind of about your background and how, you know, your leadership stuff got brought in. Sure, I would love to. Well, I'm a I guess I'll just go back as far as Peerview. I I have been in leadership roles most of my career, which has been a long time now. But I think the most prominent position was my time as CEO at the Peerview Health Center. When I started there, it was cooperative health center, and it was struggling quite a bit. Uh, I think that they had several years where they were doing very well, staff were really unhappy, and um, they just weren't bringing in new patients. And so I I feel like I was able to get that turned around in about a year um, and lead the team through a rebranding, a remodel of the building. Uh, We started looking at how we can scale up and improve services and really attract new patients. And over the years, we were to open a few new sites, including a site down in downtown Helena, which we're really proud of. And we also doubled the number of patients coming to peer review for services. And we grew the staff from about 35 to 120 earlier this year. So, yeah, a lot of successes there and also a lot of challenges. And I think that I, I learned a great deal about leadership In my time there, and of course, I'll be implementing everything that I learned as I go forward in my career path, and also with the executives that I help with leadership. So awesome! That I mean, that's huge. What you did for PeerView, and then obviously, you learned a lot, right? Yeah, (laughs) always, always learning. Um, so we've spoken a little bit about vulnerability on our podcast before, but the way you have it is a totally different point. Mm-hmm. You can talk about vulnerability in action. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the difference between being vulnerable and having good boundaries. Right. And I think that's important to set those boundaries. Yeah. So I come from, you know, many years of being in leadership and probably started the school of thought when there was there really. Um, you you don't ever share anything personal with your staff. You know, you want to have very clear boundaries. You don't let them into your personal world because I think that implies some weakness. But I think over the years, especially with what we've been through with the pandemic, we as leaders need to show some vulnerability. And I think that's going to make our staff more loyal to us and to our organizations, because we are a leader they can relate to. And I think that's really important. So you're right. I think boundaries are still very important. I'm a very private person. And I think really strict boundaries when it comes to me and the people that I lead and supervise. But I also have learned that I can model some vulnerability to them. And I think that makes me more relatable to them. And it it makes us a better team. So what do I mean about vulnerability in leadership? Like I said, we oftentimes, we're either the oversharing supervisor or leader, and we don't have enough boundaries. And so we're sort of making our problem the staff's problem which I don't think is healthy at all. Um, I think that makes it really hard for them to share their own experiences because uh, they feel like they're going to get one-upped, right? Like yeah. the, the leader is going to say, oh, well, back starting out in customer service, this happened to me. And so they, just, they won't share with you going forward. They're not going to mm-hmm. trust you um, to be vulnerable with you. I think there's also people who have too many boundaries. They are hard to approach. They don't seem like they can relate or that they're listening. It's more about, well, that's terrible for you, but get back to work, right? We don't want to be that kind of a leader either. So when I'm talking about vulnerability, I'm really talking about being authentic with your staff and sharing just enough detail and um, personal emotion so they can understand that you can relate to them and what they're going through. um, And they can also connect with you and trust you. You know, I have several strategies by which I do this with staff. It, It sort of comes naturally to me at this point, but I understand it can be kind of awkward for a leader, especially if you've come up through the years, you know, Either being the oversharer or being the one with over boundaries, the goal here is to obviously listen more than you speak. Uh, when they are trying to share the situation with you or a problem that they are having, ask questions and spark a deeper conversation with them. Try to get to the bottom of what's really going on. If they are saying, you know, I'm having a hard time with the schedule, I'm overwhelmed. I can't uh, keep listening, keep asking why, because eventually you're going to get to what the root cause of that is. And you can then say, oh yeah, I totally hear what you're saying. Here's what I do when I'm feeling overwhelmed. Or have you tried this tactic in order to feel like um, you can manage your time a little bit better? Yeah, um, that's so funny because that's how it was when I was younger. It was like, check your personal life out door." Nobody wants to know about it. Nobody cares about it. And then you have you have those people that wouldn't check it. If, like all work was about was their personal life. Right? <laughs> so I think that kind of leads to a different topic. So setting those boundaries is important because well, one, if you spend too much time, not relating, but like soaking up your people's personal life, that can take a lot of yes. time. And so how do you as a leader can you balance those with the time management? Oh, that's a great question. Well, first I would say if an employee's, you know, going kind of overboard with sharing and sharing too much, I usually gently steer the conversation in a different way or say, boy, I really want to help you with this. Unfortunately, we are restricted on time today. So how can I help you? What What is the issue that you're having right now with work? and And how can I help you through that? I do think that time management is really important to help people with, especially when we have so much technology at our fingertips, we have information coming at us from so many different directions. And again, this is something that I've had to learn over the years as well. I've not always been great with time management, mostly because I... Always said it's an open door policy. I'm available anytime. Well, that means I'm getting texts at nine, 10 o'clock at night, early in the morning. And sometimes those are our hours to really get things done at our desk. Um, I now try to block a day on my schedule to just do work at my desk rather than be in meetings. And I think if we can help our employees do the same sort of time blocking or task blocking. And help them manage their time. We're really going to help them to not feel overwhelmed, be more productive, and ultimately be a happier employee who stays and and, um, and you can retain them. Yeah. I think it's important to know that, as I'm sure you're super aware of, is that it takes a lot, too. It's not like you can just practice management overnight and you're <laughs> still learning it. Oh, so. I have to constantly go back and remind myself, like, oh. Your schedule is way too crazy. You know, you've got to set some parameters around that. Get your time blocking back in there and get back to, you know, your time management skills. So I totally agree. It, it is a work in progress always. Yeah. You get those employees that are really good at their job. And so what happened is they're the ones that have to do the most work. Right? Right. You, you get these people that are being overworked in whatever area or category it is. And ultimately, you lose some of your best employees. And to build a team, you have to retain a team, yes, right? Absolutely. And so um, what are some of your strategies as being a leader in these roles for recruitment and retention? Again, another really good question. And I think something that businesses are really struggling with right now is workforce. Uh, after the pandemic, Right, I can't explain what happened, but you know, we lost a lot of our really qualified workforce. Um, and so I do think it's important that we make sure we are practicing good recruitment and retention strategies all the time. And one of those things for recruiting especially is making sure that you've created a positive and attractive culture because your employees are going to be your best recruiters. If they are happy in their jobs and they like where they work, they are going to tell their peers they are going to be actively recruiting for you because they love where they work and others to have the same experience. Mm-hmm. So, I think culture is you know, your number one task to be always building on. Again, another work in progress is culture and build solid teams. Uh, we strongly believed at PeerView in doing quarterly team building opportunities where we got the staff together, we brought them in from every site, they were in person, and we did fun things. You know They had to work together toward certain goals, and we had a lot of fun. Of course, give them good food. They'll all come. <laughs> also, understanding who your staff is and what their strengths are is really important. We love real colors. Um, we did that personality assessment. Everybody had a color. Everyone knew what each other's colors were, and we used that in order to have better communication with each other and develop positions around people's personalities, strengths, and their colors. I would also always say lead by example as the leader of an organization or even a department. Make sure that you are, are not having people do things you wouldn't do yourself. Um, always be responsive. There's nothing worse than someone who won't ever respond to an email or call someone back or schedule a meeting with someone who's struggling always give them credit, you know, don't take the credit yourself and I encourage them to grow professionally and, and in their personal life. And honestly, the self-improvement is something that leaders should always be investing in as well. And then make sure they have the tools that they need to be successful. And that's not just technology tools, although that's very important for them to have, you know, good computers, good cell phones, things that work right. But really, letting them go and seeking out trainings and certifications, you know, offering them time management practices and doing goal setting with them. And again, I just think that if you have a happy staff, you will retain that staff. And if they're happy when you're not in crisis, they're going to stay with you when you are in crisis. So, you know, we learned that during COVID, we retained all of our staff. They just made me so proud of them every day and the way that they responded to the pandemic as health care providers. Yeah, it's like that happy, white, happy life thing, Exactly. Right? <laughs> Two of the things I wanted to highlight like, was kind of that learning communication styles, right? And mm-hmm. that kind of leads into appreciation styles as well. And mm-hmm. that's one thing that you can spend a lot of time on trying to get to know everybody and how they like to feel appreciated because you have the employees that They really need gold star put on their paper, right? And then you have the other ones where it's just like, hey, good job. And that's all they need. And so being able to retain them, I think that's a huge part of it. Absolutely. We would survey staff and say, how do you like to be acknowledged? What do you like for us to do to show you that we appreciate you and that you're doing a good job? Because- People, some people hate attention. So if you're calling them out in a staff meeting and giving them this big award, that actually feels worse to them than if you just, you know, went to them as the CEO or the leader and said, wow, I think you're doing an amazing job. And here's what your peers had to say about you, or here's what our customers said about you. Or you have people who would love that kind of attention. And so you do give them those accolades during a staff meeting or in public. Uh, we did things like gift cards, you know, fun little gifts for people. We did um, accolades at every staff meeting and, and we had staff nominate an employee of the month and that got put in the paper. <laughs> so, again, making sure those people are OK with public, you know, um, accolades is important. Yeah. But I do think it is really important retaining staff to show them appreciation all the time and show them that they're doing a good job. Absolutely. I mean, everything is not going to work great. Right. And so I know one of the feedback I got one time was, yes, I'm showing them appreciation, but it's not working. So then they just stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe <laughs> that's just not the correct way to do it for your industry or your business or your people. There's so many different ways out there. Like you said. Food is one mm-hmm. and, um, you know, gift cards are You know, get to know what those people actually like for sure. Know your audience. Be specific when you give feedback, um, especially positive feedback, because if you just go up to someone and you're doing a great job, they don't know what that means. They don't know what what it is that you want them to continue doing. So if you instead say, the way that you are just helping that customer, I always want to say patient, yeah. <laughs> the way that you're helping that customer um, solve their problem by you know, showing them this resource with this great customer service, keep it up. Yeah. I think that goes a lot further. Absolutely, just individualized attention. Yeah, it's huge. Everybody likes it, or most everybody. <laughs> yeah. um, but having the communication to developed and learning how you're like to be spoken with or talked to is huge, especially when you have difficult times. Mm-hmm. And that's really when it kind of hits the wall like, oh, how do I address the situation to everybody? Yeah. And I'm sure you have a lot of experience with leading through difficult yeah. times. <laughs> so let us know some of those and how you kind of got through those experiences. Yeah. Well, again, I think doing it before you're in crisis is important. I think that we all learn through challenging times. But I think that if you can start getting um, your staff trust and attention through your communication before a crisis, you're going to get through that crisis a lot easier. I know that I've always assumed people are either an audible learner or a written communication learner. So when you talk about something at a staff meeting, you know, you're catching the people or learning by listening to you but those who learn by reading something are not going to catch it. So following up with staff meeting notes or in a weekly email to staff, which is what I started doing, I think goes a long ways and making sure that you're very transparent all the time. I didn't have anything to hide from anyone. And I think that was important. It built my staff's trust. And so when I was leading them through a crisis, I had their trust. They knew that I would do anything for them and that I was going to be completely honest with them about what was going on, how it was impacting our organization, and how it could potentially impact their jobs. And I just think that communication is so important through a crisis. And the way that we do that is start it now and make it a habit and make it so that your employees are starting to trust you right now. Yeah. Um, have you ever read that book or listened to the audio book on Battery? Uh, executive leadership, like that Navy seller. So I was just listening to it the other day. And the beginning part of it was about how the CEO had implemented like a new sales strategy. And so I think it's huge. Yes, you might have these relationships with your staff and your managers. You always have to remember you are in this leadership position. And so, um, you have to kind of do that, maybe gain more trust so that way they can feel comfortable coming to you Yeah, because we all, I mean, we've all been there. We have a boss walk in, no matter how close or how down to earth they are, you are with them. If your boss walks in, you act different. And so, you know, building that trust and having that communication, I think it's huge. Oh yeah. And I think too, it's important to tell people that if they're not the kind of person that's going to raise their hand and ask a question in front of their peers, you're available. So, you know, it's an open door. I would always say, come talk to me. If you don't feel comfortable asking me a question in here, please feel free to come talk to me, Teams me, call me, text me. We'll figure it out. I'm happy to answer any questions. And I do think that that goes a long way In making them feel comfortable, making you more approachable, and then ultimately building their trust. Because you're right, I like to think of myself as a not intimidating person. But when you're in a position like CEO, COO, any sort of executive or director level position, by nature, you are intimidating. And so making sure staff are comfortable with you and coming to you is going to be really important in retaining them. We're wrapping up. And so just kind of what are some of your, I don't know, your tips, your tricks, your resources that you utilize to build your leadership skills? Mm, I love that question. Well, I am a podcast junkie. So I to a lot of different podcasts um, on leadership and time management and productivity Some of my favorites are Full Digger, Level Up Leadership. Even the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast is really good about... uh, They have some great episodes on getting things done and um, blocking your schedule, things like that. I also have really tried for the last two years to do a lot of self-improvement. And I do that by taking some time in the morning to take care of myself and make sure that I'm ready for the day. So I started journaling, I meditate, and make sure I do my gratitude. And I think that that gets me off on a better foot. And I can handle things that come at me throughout the day, because we all know as leaders, all day long, we are putting out fires, so we have to take care of ourselves, um, and and that's really how what i started to do. it. And listening to podcasts like On Purpose with Jay Shetty, meditation podcasts, things like that that help me, you know, get through the day. I also listen to a lot of books, um, and so I mean, I I have a long list of books that I would recommend, but th- those are just tools that you know, they're, they aren't very expensive. Most of them are free and you can just access them right there on your phone. And I listen to things while I hike, I listen to things while I cook and clean the house. So those are my tools. Perfect. So what are some of your parting words of wisdom, Jill? What do you want to leave listeners with for sure? Like if they took one thing out, what would it be? I always say that your employees are your number one customer. If your employee. They're happy and feel supported and encouraged, you will see your return on investment with them, you know, a hundred times. It's very expensive to replace staff and to have turnover. It's very expensive to have workforce shortages. And I know sometimes we can't help that. But what we can do is retain the people that we do have. And we do that by supporting them and making sure that you're being the best leader that you can be. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate having you on the show today, Jill. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So we'll, we'll link all of the resources mentioned, as well as um, Jill's contact info and how to get a hold yeah. of her if you are interested in some more leadership tools or maybe even learning about her executive leadership coaching. Yeah, or so. just to have coffee and let's get to know each other, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. Get a hold of her. And we also appreciate our listeners again. And we do want to give a big thanks to our sponsor, Ryan Stavness from Exit Real. Helena, again, our business is here in Helena is so what makes this podcast possible. Have a good day.